It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's Locked On Reds is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Baseball is back, and the Reds are poised for one of the best seasons in franchise history. Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and here we go. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening today. On today's show, I know we just got baseball back and we are excited, but I've got a bit of a more heavier episode, a little bit of a different speed today. Jason Williams joins me. We kind of look at the situation with the city of Cincinnati and Marge Shot, and we look back on her legacy and what it is we can learn from it. That's today on the Locked On Reds podcast. All right, for today's Locked On Reds, I have back with me my friend and yours. It's it's a Locked On Reds version of Jib Jab with Jeff and Jason. Jason Williams is back with me today. We're going to talk about the intersection of sports and politics, particularly one person, a former owner of the Reds, one who... Some people may not fully know. Like, I, I know me, personally, I, I don't know that much of Marge Shot other than what I've read and, you know, seen pictures of Shotzi and things like that. We're, we're going to jump into all that. But first off, Jason, how you doing, man? I'm good, Jeffrey. I hadn't talked to you in a while. You haven't been my producer on WLW on Saturday nights for a while. Uh, and uh, But it's great to be back on the podcast. I love the podcast. Obviously, I love the Reds and uh, – I know uh, your audience uh, really likes this podcast, and um, so I'm honored to be here. Man, we are excited that baseball is back, and I just Absolutely. so ha- I, I know it's only going to be a shortened season, but man, give me baseball! Yeah, you and I have talked about that before. It's, I mean, I don't I don't care how long it is. Like, I, 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 last week, I really kind of reached a point where I'm like, I'm just kind of done with this. I mean, just me as a fan. And then I, I, uh, one of my buddies uh, texted me. He covers baseball. Is obviously talked to him the last when he, the last time you had me on the podcast. I covered baseball earlier in my career, and so a lot of a lot of friends who cover baseball on TV and uh, you know, newspaper websites uh, really, uh, really hit me. I'm like, man, those these guys' jobs are uh, those guys and gals. Their jobs are uh, at stake here and their livelihoods. And I'll, I'll look forward to reading all their stuff and certainly. WLW games and Tommy Thrall to be it's funny it'll be his first uh, first time in the big chair so I think there's there's a lot to be excited about even with 60 games and yeah the other thing Jeff is that you and I were just talking there before you hit record uh, and I want to ask you this and I know this is your podcast but do you think that do you think that there's going to be record numbers of people watching baseball uh, on T obviously it's going to be completely TV driven because there will be no fans in the stands. What do you, what do you make of that? I, I gotta tell you, I think that there's quite an appetite. I know that 
a lot of people have been kind of kicking baseball while it's down, me included. I've I've been all over the fact that I, I think it's just silly what they've done and everyone looks bad. Like I, I kind of ascribe more blame to the owners, but that's neither here nor there. We've got baseball back. I'm done talking about the business of it. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be plenty of fans that kind of have the same mentality. They're just like, you know what, I'm glad baseball's back, and especially in our fair city where we have been so excited over what the Reds did in the offseason, adding the players that they did, and now we get to see them on the field. As, you know, mm-hmm. where like a week or two ago we were a little worried that we may never see some of these guys play in a Reds uniform. I think I think we will see record numbers. We, we saw record numbers for golf for the match, I think, the very first NASCAR race said that that was its biggest TV audience that they ever did see. Yep. So I think that uh, I think baseball is going to benefit from that as well. Now the the problem is going to be that they are going to run smack dab into basketball and football. So once everything kind of gets back going, I think we might see the audience come down a bit. But I, I definitely think there's plenty of an appetite for it, at least in the early going. I, I, I totally agree with you, even though people, I think, are frustrated. I also think that they're just hungry for sports right now. They're hungry for, uh, you know, a, a break from the craziness of life in 2020. And, uh, you know, I think for a lot of those people out there who you know, have been very critical of baseball and say they're done with it, including myself, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be watching. Especially early. I think what the other thing that's going to be really interesting is what's I think going to make it intriguing to watch as well is that it's it, it, it's a sprint. It's not a marathon like baseball yeah. is going to be. So it's almost going to be like football where every game counts. And uh, so that's going to be really interesting, um, you know, from a baseball standpoint. You know, you always talk about how baseball is such a it's it's a it's a marathon and it's you can lose 10 games in a row and still win the pennant. And, um, but in a usual, in a normal year, you lose 10 games in a a row or 10 of 11 games, uh, in uh, 2020 and you're done. Right. You, you, that's a sixth of the season now. It's it's crazy. And, And I love to, and I mentioned it the last couple of days on the podcast, like, we're looking at a situation where, yeah, if we go, if the Reds go on like a five, six, seven game win streak, they're in the driver's seat. Whereas if they go on a five, six, seven game losing streak, then we are talking about a, a huge hill to climb. So they definitely can't start yep. the season this year like they had the last couple. So hopefully that didn't happen. That's exactly right. <laughs> but, That's right. But I tell you, with the excitement, we've had quite a bit of Reds related news, at least uh, the former owner of the Reds, yeah. Marge Shot, with with everything that's gone on, and I kind of want to frame it as this. We've seen plenty of athletes getting out and supporting protests and being more politically active in the community. I mean, I think of LeBron James creating the uh the group that, uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, supporting different voting uh, issues and things of that nature. And I, I, I don't want to get too much into the political side because I will make a fool of myself. But the, the, the whole thing, they're getting more active. Athletes are becoming more active with their platforms that they've been given. Where do you see the connection of politics and sports? Because you've covered both of them. Well, 
the the biggest thing is there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of power and there's celebrity and so where you have those three things uh you're going to uh have an intersection of uh sports and politics or um and so that's real i mean that that's the short answer of it or those you have those three things that i'm generally speaking in common um but when you have a lebron james and you get you get the political climate that we have in 2020 and you're lebron james and you realize i don't i haven't checked how many twitter followers he has but certainly a worldwide, well, in this case, the worldwide audience doesn't matter, but a, a, a nationwide audience sure. and, a, and a platform, it, it's easy to see where you would want to wade into what's going on uh, right now in the country politically uh, from that standpoint, because you have influence. And um, so, you know, we've, for years, we've seen Hollywood people weigh in on politics and yeah, it's interesting. Like I'm watching, uh, I'm watching the the Epstein um, documentary right now on Netflix, and you know, there's certainly a lot of you know crossing there. That's more of a business and politics, uh, you know, thing going on there. But his relationship with Bill Clinton and you know, billionaire financier, um, you know, Bill Clinton, he was buds with Donald Trump at some point. Right. So, and that's kind of the same thing. A lot of money involved, celebrity, uh, power, and so, and then politicians are uh, they're, they're by nature they're looking for friends and they're looking for money for their campaigns. And um, if you get someone who has a lot of influence on the other side of the spectrum in sports or business or um, you know, movies or whatever, it, it's a, it's a pretty easy fit. And that's kind of where I think a lot of people miss the story about Marge shot. It's like whether or not she wanted to be, she was kind of political, you know, <laughs> the stuff that she said and the stories that you see about all of this stuff. And, and you, as you mentioned in your column a couple of days ago in the Enquirer, you had one of the last interviews with her, uh, that, you can really kind of look back and, and find uh, give me a sense of her because it sure seems like she's kind of given a pass based on some callers that we've had on the radio station and some reactions mm-hmm. on social media. It seems like she's given a pass, not only because she donated money, but also because she won. Am I wrong in saying that? So to sort of frame it, or just, you know, give some background is that I was a sports reporter for the Cincinnati Post from 2000 until 04. And uh, so in October 2000, literally, uh, I started my career two years before that in September of 98. And um, so that fall of 2000, we get a press release or an email from uh, some, I can't remember the name of the group, but it was a a women's club out in Indian Hill sent us a note to the office uh, saying, Hey, Marge shot is going to make a rare uh, speech to our group. You should, at, by that point, she was a year and a half removed from being forced to sell the reds because of her comments to sports illustrated about uh, Hitler and um, all of her incident, other insensitive comments. And my boss uh, at the time, Mike Bass uh, was the sports editor and he had actually actually written a book about Marge and 
I uh, was very, very fascinated by Marge. And I think I'm really now starting to see what his fascination uh, with her was because of this, this figure who was a very complicated figure, beloved in so many ways, but disdained in so many ways as well because of all the crap that she said. Um, and so he's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm a young reporter, hungry. He's like, you want to go do this? I'm like, heck yeah. So I go out of here speech and it was, you know, Marge uncut and yeah, she's just talking about, you know, the old boys network of baseball. And, and, uh, so afterward I catch up with her and she's driving a, you know, her family had owned the, the Buick dealership forever. And so she's driving a Buick sedan and, uh, she lights up a cigarette and leans over the, has the car door open and leans over it and does an interview with me. And I told, uh, Eddie and Rocky this the other day, like, I think, you know, it was probably 45 minutes or so that she gave me and, I'll just never forget that I really pushed her hard on, hey, do you regret all these things that you said about, you know, Eric Davis, uh, about Hitler, you know, all these insensitive things that she had said through her time owning the Reds. And her, her, her line was, I didn't say anything that wrong, honey. And, you know, as I said, you know, I kept, I kept, I mean, I was grilling her. And this is my one and only time I've ever met, I'd ever met Mark Schott. And, <laughs> I, I, I'm grilling her. I'm like, so do you have any regrets? And so she said, I had two regrets. And, um, she said, one of those regrets was quote, uh, that I didn't stand up and fight baseball a little more. You just put up with so much and you can't put up with it anymore. I'm not ashamed of the job I've done. And then her second, and um, her second regret was regret was, I wish I would have never talked to the press. <laughs> and so, she was more, you could tell she was certainly bitter and she was more, she was you know, more bitter about that. She talked to the press and that the press treated her that way. And it was, what's interesting is, um, you know, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I asked her, uh, I'm, I'm reading for the excerpt from my piece. And I said, you know, this is me writing this leaning on the door of her sedan shot says she has, given little thought to the comments about Jews, blacks, Asians, and women, among others. She stands by the comments she made about Hitler being good in the beginning before going too far. Quote, that's just the way I was raised, Schott said, of German descent, continuing to puff away on her Carlton. I answered a question that was true. I know German history. People wrote me from all over the country. Quote, Marge, it's true. Oh, yeah. And I was just dumbfounded. I was like, uh, I mean, I was disgusted. And I, again, I remember it was a sunny day and I, it was at Armstrong Chapel in Indian Hill. Uh, it was kind of a shaded area and, um, it was really a beautiful day. And she sat there with a stone cold, serious face and told me all this. And I was just like, wow, she really has no regrets uh, about anything she said. And again, the only thing she that she, said she did regret is that she talked to the press and that she didn't stand up uh, more to, I guess, what she kind of meant was the old boys network of baseball. Next time you're looking to do some work on your car, check out rockauto.com. They've got the best selection of parts that your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com. On the left side, they've got this interface where you can pick the company of the car that you have, then pick your make, pick your model, Pick your specs. Everything that your car has will then pop up on or you know drop down on their little drop down list. 
you don't even need to know what part that you need as long as you know what part of your car you need it. Check out rockauto.com. They've got the best prices anywhere around. If you go to one of the brick-and-mortar places, they will charge you an arm and a leg. Rock Auto's got the best prices anywhere that you can find. Go over to rockauto.com, and when you're in the checkout section in the Where Did You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On so that they know that Rock that Locked On Red sent you. That's rockauto.com for all the parts your car will ever need. Also, reach for some Built Bar over at BuiltBar.com. Enter the promo code Locked On for $10 off. Your first order. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I'm not just saying that. Very tasty flavors. Pineapple upside down cake I just had last night while working on the radio station. Very tasty. And kind of like our buddy Risto down in Jacksonville says, it's going to be a nice little filler if you kind of need a, you know, something to get you between mills. Check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On. For $10 off your first order. Built Bar is an awesome company to work with as well. After you make your first purchase, they're going to give you all kind of great incentives to buy more. But the best part about that is it benefits you. Check out BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at BuiltBar.com. You know what's what's really unfortunate is that I told uh, Rocky uh, Boyman this the other day that Marge Shot is a, a a real tragic figure in that we we could all be really celebrating her right now. I mean, she was a real one of still to this day one of the few women executive owners of of a, of a major league baseball team, really of a major sports franchise in America. And we should, uh, and, and her millions and millions of dollars have done a lot of wonderful things uh, for people of all races and all ages and all religions and all backgrounds in this in this place that we love, Greater Cincinnati. Those are the things we should be celebrating and talking about with Mark Schott, uh, but it's unfortunately not because um, of the things that she said and words matter and they mattered then and they matter now and uh, you know, and I know people will say like, well, her actions didn't really match her words, but I say back, well, her words overshadowed her actions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I wrote in my column over the weekend, that I, you know, I, I feel like had she shown some remorse, whether it was in that interview or, um, at least publicly, I didn't know her privately, but by the, by the time that she passed away, uh, four years later in 2000, uh, three and a half years later in March, 2004, um, you know, I, I think that, I think people, or you'd be willing to forgive her on something like, or potentially at least on something like, uh, you know, taking her name off of the stadium. I think it would be more of a discussion, um, of, of whether you would forgive Marge for the awful, horrible things she said. Um, but, I can only assume, uh, you know, some people, some readers got, got on me for this, that I said, you know, I can only assume she, she took, um, the things that she said and having no regrets or her final resting place. And that's why I, I think this was a no brainer for the university of Cincinnati to take her name off of uh, the stadium. And, uh, I, I, I got, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that about their callers is that, 
uh, I'm still to this day. I mean, you and I are recording this here on, on Wednesday and uh, my column ran on online on Saturday and, and the print on Sunday. And I'm still getting emails about it of people saying like, you don't, you didn't understand Marsha and how wonderful a lady she was and that she was vilified. I'm paraphrasing a lot of things that were said, but you know, she was vilified by the press and, and I'm, and it, and it goes back to your original point. Like there's a real struggle over Marge Schott's legacy. I think in greater Cincinnati is a lot of people I think are torn about it. I, I'm not torn about it. I mean, I, she was unforgiving for the things that, as far as I know, for the things that she said. And so, um, I think that there's no doubt that is her legacy, uh, whether people like that or not, uh, her legacy, uh, is a lot of the awful things that she said. And so I, th- I think it was, a no- I think it was a no brainer for UC to take her, take her name off the stadium and St. Ursula Academy, taking her name off of there, uh, I believe it was their soccer field or their gym or something. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely agree that you, your words overshadow your actions because as most people that are probably trying to call in and email in and defend her, they may have experienced her in a a generous situation. Maybe she came to speak at an event that she sponsored, or maybe she, you know, maybe she was at St. Ursula or the Boy Scouts uh, of America place there on Reading Road or something like that, or, or at UC that, that she was mm-hmm. speaking, and they got to meet her in that instance. And in that instance, she is coming from a context of benevolence. But then you read all these reports, and if you do a Google search on different articles about Marge Shot, like I, I was uh, reading up on the Sabre profile that they had at Sabre.org of her, uh-huh. uh, there's plenty of people who come out and they say that from behind closed doors in the front offices and things like that of the Cincinnati Reds, she was saying some pretty reprehensible things. And I think that people... And that and that is the big takeaway that I have uh, gained from these last several months is that the idea of, well, that's just how she was raised or that's just the background that she comes from is not good enough. You, you cannot no, fall. Yeah. You can't fall back on that. And you say, well, I was just raised that way. No, no, no. We got to be better. And March shot. Amen to that. March shots uh, demeanor and the things that she said absolutely overshadow her her actions and the things like that because she did not aspire to be better and that's what we need to do you know i'm glad you brought that up because in you know as as i read there in the piece that you know she basically you know when she talked about knowing german history and you know she was saying she was you know came up that way it's like that's an excuse yes uh gotta be better like i mean if we make that excuse for every individual like um you know so many people have overcome uh you know horrible uh upbringings and have gone on to be wonderful people and some some have not um but to use that as as an excuse and as an adult and certainly at that time um a senior citizen in her life was just uh disgusting to be you know for lack of a better term and uh was inexcusable um, her excuse was inexcusable. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just, you know, I like, to, I want to make this point too. Like, you know, I think people are, again, 
when you when UC made the decision uh, the other day about taking her name off the stadium, you know, oh, it's political kowtowing to what's going on right now in America, and and, and, and maybe so, and you know, and, and, I, and I'm of the mind that you take every one of these types of things on an individual basis, have a discussion about it, and then make the decision on what to do, which I give UC credit for. Um, someone raised concerns about it, they had a discussion about it, and they decided to uh, take your name off the stadium. It's the right decision. Um, you know, but I want to point out that uh, if people think this is some political thing or whatever, uh, the entire UC board is uh, all – I don't think this matters at all, but I think it's just worth pointing out at least is that all the, all the UC board members were appointed by Republican governors. And so it's not like you're looking at, um, you know, people who are – you know, uber partisan or one way or the other on this, that, uh, you know, they, they, they agreed that uh, that was the right decision to take the name off. And, uh, certainly was, that's or, the, there is, I, I don't know if they've actually literally gone out there and, uh, actually taken the name plate off yet, but, um, the decisions been made to do that. And that's the one thing that I, I also look at. It's like, we, we've politicized two things that, in themselves are not political. That's uh, race relations and uh, health. For some reason, both have turned into yeah. political things over the last six months, and I just I don't get it. But I, I thought that it was definitely. I, I, I'm with you. I, I thought that it was definitely worth exploring and talking about Marge Shot here on a Reds podcast because for us as Reds fans to, uh, if someone you know, if a Cardinals fan or if a a Yankees fan or a fan of another team brings up the whole point about Marge shot and we just sweep it under the rug as if, you know, well, you know, she won. So, uh, whatever, we'll, we'll give her a pass. That's gosh, like, you wish, I mean, as okay. I said, you wish so you, 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 I think we would all agree. It'd be so great to be celebrating how good the Reds were, or at least certainly some of her, her teams. Right. And uh, some of the wonderful players that she got and uh, brought here, um, and and again the fact that uh, you know a, a woman executive in baseball at that time, and to, really to this day is still uh, very very rare. And to you know for her to, and she had to overcome a lot of a lot of tough things, a really bad marriage, and uh, for her to rise up to uh, you know not only own the Reds, but have a successful franchise is something I, I, I wish we could all just, that's what we would be saying about Marsha and we'd be celebrating that. But on, uh, unfortunately she made her decision and that that's not what we're talking about. And uh, she, with her words, um, overshadowed, honestly, like I feel like she overshadowed all that stuff yeah. uh, with her, her, her horrible, horrible words. And, you know, you, I don't, I don't want to get in someone's head or someone's heart, but you certainly have to question like, um, you know, your, your words match, uh, what's in your head and in your heart. And, um, you can only, I can only think that Marge shot sadly, uh, went to, went to her grave, um, holding those things in. That's just sad. Absolutely. And, and, and I thought it was worth pointing out. Look, I, I'm not saying that w- that we're perfect. I mean, heck, I cheat on my diet all the time. I'm not a perfect person. But at the same token, it's worth noting that while uh, there's plenty of fans out there that celebrate the good in Marge, you, you cannot ignore 
the bad. That's exactly. And I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about this, man. I'm glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Love the podcast. And I really appreciate you Thank you. Absolutely, sir. We'll do it again soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.